Welcome to Rogues on the Road. Discovered in 1812, naked and afraid under the deep and unforgiving canopy of Central Park, this indigenous duo sold their share of the Louisiana Purchase, swam to Port Chester, and set up shop with their co-host, the Standby Gypsy. From their humble beginnings, Rogues on the Road has quickly become the longest-running and most popular food and beverage podcast in recorded history. So, sit back, pour a cold pint, and tighten your spray skirt, you ninny-muggin. Welcome to another episode of Rogues on the Road. Uh, we're here in Millbrook, New York. My name's Rich. And I'm Matt, and we're excited to be here in Millbrook. We're at a really cool uh, new distillery, fairly new, new distillery, called uh, Shady Knolls. Orchard and, and Farms? Shady Knolls. Orchard, Orchard and Distillery. And Distillery. We've got Rick... And we've got Andrew. Andrew, and you asked if so. Welcome, first of all. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. You also mentioned that you have an interesting last name, and it's hard to pronounce. Everybody says Nieper, but it's always it, the real name is Kniper. Oh, Kniper. Good German heritage. Ah, okay. All right. Oh, well done. Okay, that's great. Kniper. Kniper means Kniper. means barkeep. Barkeep appropriately. I, I think that's Perfect. I think that's very appropriate. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> Well, we're, we're excited to be up here. This is a gorgeous area of the Hudson Valley. No, it's not the Hudson Valley. It's the Harlem Valley. Harlem Valley. So you, is that correct? Uh, we'll, we'll claim either one. We okay. take, we yeah. take I've never heard of the Harlem Valley until we pulled into this driveway. Yeah. And we, uh, we'll, we'll speak about the collaboration with all the f- kind of farms around this area, but we stumbled upon something on our drive up here today. That was pretty cool and uh, kind of a collaboration that you guys have and relationship with some of the other farms that we could chat about. But uh, How'd you get started? Yeah. So I guess it goes back to me. Um, I was living in New York City. We bought this farm in 1980 because you live in the city. You got to have a place in the country. You got it. My wife and myself, and we had a then a one-year-old. And about a year later, I had this opportunity to move to Dallas professionally everybody said well you're going to sell the farm we said no 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 we're not selling the farm the farm is part of our family now and it has been ever since so we kept it ever since um i commute up here um every month spend um a week to two weeks working here that's cool um and what's your background uh, that's kind of complicated. <laughs> <laughs> how, long, how long you got? <laughs> he's, a, he's a lawyer. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Oh, go. I, I thought it was going to be if I, have to, if I told you I'd have to kill you. <laughs> uh, Same thing. I was a, a lawyer for 30-some years, and then I decided to be a client and form my own business with a partner of mine, and we built a healthcare business okay. and then sold that and decided that um, this would be my next business along with some board stuff that I do. That's brilliant. That's great. Pretty cool. So you've taken a farm that you fell in love with and you've turned it into a distiller, you know, a farm and distillery. Well, part of part of the heritage I give back to my grandfather, who was kind of my idol growing up. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin and he was a farmer. Okay. And I spent most of my time at grandfather's farm and he always taught me Growing something is special, right. and I always kind of had in my mind when we bought this, someday I'm going to figure out how to make this economic. Right. The problem is it's not economic to do a small farm that's less than 60 acres, right. yeah. and New York is known for its apples, right. and I thought, well, we could do apples, but you can't make money off apples unless you're growing hundreds or thousands of acres, 
but what if you turned it into alcohol? And I happen to love Calvados. <laughs> and what if you turned it into alcohol, and then you got a little more of a markup than you do on Absolutely. an apple that goes into a store? Absolutely. Right. So the orchard was not established before you got here. No. That was that was Rick. That was me about eight eight years ago. Oh well. Or even nine. At maybe this point. nine. Yeah. Maybe going to nine. But before we built the distillery, it was he had some foresight there. Right. <laughs> was it like an aha moment, or it was like Calvados? We we have a fermentable product. Let's do it. Let's do it. It was, um, I guess maybe this probably was twenty years ago. I started researching how to make apple brandy and what kind of apples you had to grow and what kind of still you needed, etc. And at the time, uh, there were five craft distilleries in the United States. That's it. And all my friends kept saying, are you nuts? This may be the dumbest <laughs> yeah. idea ever. Yes, I am. Right. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. That's right. Dreams so. are the cornerstones of our character. So. And it, it uh, took a lot, of, a lot of blind ambition to decide to go invest in the orchard. Not, not easy to do one from scratch. Yeah, right. But then three to five years later, it started producing fruit. And it was time to start making apple brandy. Of course, we didn't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you tubed it. Well, <laughs> fortunately, Faye came along, my favorite son-in-law, my only son-in-law. Oh, no. Okay. okay I was going to oh, ask okay, the here relationship we go. here. Okay. okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I I met Rick's daughter back in college, but we didn't get together for some years after that. And we were living in New York City. Um, my wife's a lawyer. I was doing construction um, and green construction. I have a master's in sustainable design, oh, cool. so certainly yep. talking the whole green thing is yep. a, a big deal. Um, but yeah, Rick planted this idea that he was thinking about doing this project. And at that point, I took it upon myself to go to every distillery I could possibly go to, to read every book there was out there. That must be tough. And hey, it was it, yeah, yeah. a lot of, <laughs> a lot of long, no. long nights. Damn, Damn, man. Man. Probably <laughs> some imbibing as well. <laughs> oh. For, forced, you know. Yeah, sounds awful. Lindsay had to sober drive a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm working. <laughs> yeah. um, and so by the time he got really serious about doing it, I basically went to Rick and said, Let's go. You need someone. Do you want to hire me? Um, my wife and I were a little frustrated with our living situations in New York, we were bouncing around, we weren't making enough money, you know, this and that. Mm. And we were ready to maybe think about a kid, so coming up here made sense. And of course, Lindsay knew the farm from every summer. She right. would come here and ride horses and do this, so for her, this was a wonderful place in the world. Right. Um, it seems very, very just not planned, just kind of natural. everything fell, fell, into, yeah. it fell into the right place at the right time. Brilliant. Exactly, and, and I should say, People ask me all the time, so is it difficult working with family, son-in-law, family, because everybody's involved in this? Yeah, right. And the answer is, no. No, it's not only not difficult, it's awesome. Yeah. Because there's a bond right. among all right. of us that you just can't, right. you can't buy as an employee-employer yeah. right, 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 kind right. of thing. That's, we're all in this together, everybody in the family, his wife, our son, um, their, his spouse, their oh, grandkids, the kids, their, yeah. their, everybody's into it. It's cool. Brilliant. It's really cool. That's cool. That is, that's a great story. How long did it take to, from, okay, we're, we're really doing this, uh, you know, to, to, is it a pun saying fruition? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good okay. pun. Okay. Go ahead. Fruition. Well, <laughs> fruition. I like it. Fruit, no, I get it. Fruition. Yeah. So, I, get it. I moved up the day we broke ground on that building 
which will be five years ago in June. Okay. Okay. So, so you're still young. Yeah, we are still young. And it was from the day we broke ground on that building uh, over a year and a half until we had a still. And right. Then, and then even another year until we actually had product and barrels. And then it was really only December 2018 that we sold our first Wow, that's bottle. awesome. And oh, we, wow. we didn't actually start bottling and distributing until the spring of last year. So you know, we're pretty new. Yeah. It's a process. Yeah. Who, who'd you sell your first bottle to? Probably like my dad. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, we said it's a family business. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. That's great. <laughs> Why not? Probably our, our favorite neighbor across the street. Yeah, probably. threw him a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way it should, yeah, yeah. Way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, how about, so if you're listening in and we're on this beautiful farm and there's a tasting room, there is the distilling area, production area, and there is a grain handling area. There's also an Aboriginal orchard and there's a rye field. Yep. So there's, there's a lot going it's, on. It's picture perfect yeah, it to visit this distillery as being like a truly farm distillery. Um so tell us about the, that's one of the coolest Lambic stills I've seen um, and kind of unusual in New York State. Um, it sounds like there's a good story behind that. Actually, and, why, and why a Lambic still? It's unusual in the country. So you're going to hear a lot from both of us. We believe in doing things the old way. They've been doing it that way for centuries. We wanted to do it that way. Yep. If we're going to make apple brandy, we want to do it with a still that's been doing that for a while. In France, they've been doing it for a few centuries, right. and we figured that was pretty good experience. Right. So I did a research that lasted about a year and looked at everybody that made a still. Definitely wanted a lambic. Definitely wanted an old-fashioned gas-fired kind of pot still and really wanted one from France, except they're a little expensive. <laughs> right. And so we searched and searched, and finally they found for us a used still that they were going to refurbish for us and you and said you'd you'd maybe you'd take it off their hands and it's a classic it's it is. It, it's just gorgeous and at the time i think there were maybe one or two others like it in the country so it's it's pretty special but mostly it's special because that's the way they've been doing it over there for a long time and we thought that's going to be a taste differential for us it's harder as our master distiller here can tell you it's harder to do it because you've got to double distill everything. Mm. You've got to be really careful not to burn everything because we do also do the rye in the same still, which most people think is crazy. And we do the rye. Especially the rye. French guys who sold it to us. They yeah. were like, you're really going to make whiskey on this? Like, <laughs> Good luck. Like, no, they were like almost mad. <laughs> and we do it We do it on the grain. So. Uh, stupid Americans. <laughs> uh, making your rye whiskey. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, right? That's pretty much what they said. Mad. <laughs> but and but then, it works. then the classic was to get it here. Um, it weighs a mere nine tons. Wow. And that still weighs nine tons. Nine tons. Wow. And so wow. it had to be obviously put onto a, a flat freight car type of platform that then came on a ship over here. Yeah. All was great until it made it to the front door. How was customs? 
It got uh, held up for a little bit. Got held up a little bit. But, no. uh, but you, no, know, you, you pay someone to deal with it. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're called expediters. Yeah. I don't know what they do exactly. but <laughs> They don't either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think they need some money. Yeah, I think I'm so. Good to get. Anyway, that was not a problem until it got to the front door. And Uh-oh. as it was being offloaded, the slot side of one of the crates cracked and the crate slipped down about three feet. Oh, wow. And fell. It fell on the ground. And fell on the ground. It fell on the ground. Oh, and no. so, long story short, after uh, months of trying to convince the Chauvignac company in France to come over here and fix it, and they kept saying, hey, dummy, you can't fix it. This has a potential to blow up. We have to get it back and redo it again. Oh, no. So there was a slight expense involved in shipping, not the whole thing back. We didn't have to send Just everything parts back. Of it. Okay. Parts of it, yeah. Yeah. And... Then, but the great part was then they brought the two guys over from France. One of the reasons I like this was a total turnkey deal. Mm. They would do everything for you. They brought it over. They installed it. And it's run like a charm ever since. Yeah. That's cool. How long did it take to install? Four or five days. Okay. Not bad. You know, we had the two guys here from the company and then our plumbers, right. our electrician. Everyone was a little bit scared. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. was some metric issues and like, you know, but it. It all came together. I mean, the local trades guys, though, were, were pretty yeah, hilarious awesome. with the French guys. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was back and forth <laughs> all day. That's awesome. You know. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine that. It was also awesome. You get a kick out of this. That the French guys, we have to pay for them to stay. Of course. And we said, well, we're not going to do that because we got room up in the farmhouse. And so they stayed with us. And so after we get through working, then we go and drink good wine and we drink good whiskey. Perfect. And we cook food. That's great. And yeah, that's brilliant. We, we have the rest of the evening together. It was awesome. That's I mean, awesome. That sounds yeah. like a, a great work party to try <laughs> yeah, to really figure right. out something right, right. that was. Right. By the final day, they were done, completely done. We had already run it once. And so he just went out to, I took him to the grocery store. He made this duck Castellet stew thing oh, that was oh, like wow. unreal, <laughs> and we just like ate like, all day and you know, yep. talked about distilling. Not actually, she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And th- this is a this is a cognac uh, still from cognac France that right. uh, that still currently distill distill and yeah. and produce cognac. Cognac and and Calvados and, and, and Cal- oh and Calvados this, this specific still I believe was yeah. in cognac versus Calvados, but the same stills are sold in. In France, for the two, Chauvignac makes the stills that make most of the cognac and Calvados in France, okay. and has and for, probably Armagnac too, for yeah, that matter. It has for centuries. Armagnac is so yeah. underappreciated. <laughs> yes, we agree. Uh, so, what happened? Was there an aha moment when, like, what did you you're like? Okay, we're going to run something through in the still. Like, yeah, what right. was? <laughs> who's going to you know, the like, stop are, are we, who's going to put the? Are we going to do cider? Like, how does? Uh, you know, we we're praying to God that something good comes out. So we had had our first apple crop, the original fall when the still showed up, and then it was almost a year of waiting for them, waiting to decide to send the still back. Finally, getting it back, getting it installed. So the the decider that I had by the time the still was ready to run in November of whatever that was was over was a year old. It was right. it was, it was old. It was a it, <laughs> it was, was a, a farm <laughs> style <laughs> cider. <laughs> there might have been some acidity <laughs> going on. Just a little. I don't know. It wasn't vinegar quite yet. Horse, horse <laughs> blanket. <laughs> we we heard the term horse blanket. Um, but we we put it in there and that that was our first few batches yeah. was yeah, old. You tested with this little one before. Oh, well so yeah. yeah, I did. I went out and bought an 8 gallon still um, in part because the other one was 
broken. Right. Partially, I, I took a lot of the blame for that. Right. <laughs> um, so it, it makes for a great story. Still hard to talk. A few years. Right, 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 right. right. I mean, right. I can see the dollar bills, like, <laughs> yeah. but, but it still makes <laughs> for a great story. It's history. Um, but yeah, so the first things we ran were brandy, uh, and you know, it actually came out pretty decent. Um, we made enough to actually do a finishing run. So Rick mentioned double distillation. You have yep. to do your strips and your finishes. Uh, and we had enough of the cider to get enough to do a finishing run that year. And those were our first two 30-gallon barrels. That was all we made in year one was two 30-gallon barrels, not even full of, of apple brandy. And then um, then it was wintertime, and I decided to start trying to make whiskey. Before you go to the whiskey. Oh, sorry. So part, yeah. part of then, because all this is, since neither one has ever done this before, part of it is figuring out next steps. So the next yeah, step was, what are we going to barrel it in? Right. So we decided the apple brandy, this was a guess, or a lucky guess as the case may be, new American oak barrels for the apple brandy to start with. And then we'd pull it after we thought it was about the right taste and put it into used Portuguese Madeira barrels. Oh, that's beautiful. And when you taste it, I think you're going to get... You're going to get the apple, which is what we wanted mm. to make sure. And we think that that, that wonderful limbic still helps retain. That's the whole point of that still, the right. flavor of the apples right. Right. and a little bit of the aroma of the apples. But the Madeira just puts a nice little finish on it. That's awesome. How did you arrive at, at a Madeira barrel so, versus like, a, you know, a port barrel or a PX oh, Sherry? Or right. So th- that was a guess again, but <laughs> I, I'm big on spreadsheets. I have a spreadsheet of every... every <laughs> alcohol I can find <laughs> and what kind of barrels they use to finish That's in. Awesome. And I wasn't finding people, many people are using Madeira, but I happen to love Madeira and I, I don't like apple brandy that you taste and it burns all the way down. And I wanted to make sure we got something. So as uh, Andrew and I don't ever make a decision unless we agree on it. So we talked okay. talk this out a lot cool. and the conclusion was, yeah, let's try it. All right. Works. And, we, we, like, and you were saying earlier that you live to that word today so that you don't have a date when it's going to be finished. You right. have a taste when it's finished. Exactly. And it's your taste, so it's your product, so exactly. get true. it out the door. That's smart. I mean, we do want to have older products over time. Absolutely. Everyone likes a good age statement, yep. and we think things do get better over right. time. But, you know, we were able to taste some of that first stuff within uh, 12 months and well, felt like we were in a pretty good, pretty good place. Yeah. 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 Um, and now we're making more, so you can choose to bottle a little bit, leave right. a lot down, right, that right. kind of thing. But that first batch, we left in for a year um, and then went straight to the Madeira. And that was our first product. I mean, that was our it, one year later, plus then four months in the Madeira barrels. Um, and we were actually ready to... Ready to rock. Actually bottle some product, yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> that way. must have been a nice... <laughs> Aha it, moment. It, it was like yes. pumping, <laughs> pumping f- high fives all around. It's got to be a painful waiting process, though. <laughs> There's no vodka or gin being made here, so everything we do is aged. Yeah. Everything goes into a barrel, and yeah. it's like people always ask, how long? As See you long, later. Basically as long as you can or right. until you feel right. it it's really ready. tastes good. Right. You know? right. um, Our stuff is basically all around two years, more or less. Okay. That seems to be the taste profile that we like. Same thing with the, the rye. We'll talk about the pomo. Um, but... Basically, that seems to be that. But now we've got some barrels in there that we're going to taste tomorrow. Um, we got to say, are they ready? Because we don't want to leave them in. We're finding if you leave it in the new American oak too long, or if you put it in the charred as opposed to toasted, hmm. to- totally changes the taste of it. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, they, they, 
they say that you know a barrel can produce upwards of seventy percent of the flavor profile. I've, I've heard that, and and depending upon you know barrel manufacturers, we're now seeing with this resurgence of distilling and aging. We're now having barrel makers, coopers, more and more coopers. Right. That's cool, but there's variables involved with barrels. Where was it harvested? Right. When was it harvested? Was it harvested in the spring where the root ball was sucking up all that sap and it's filled with sugars? And was it kiln dried or right. was it mm-hmm. dried out in a yard right. for, you know, uh, Independence Day? Two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. You know, all plays a very key role in your overall flavor profile. So there, we think there are lots of things that change that the flavor. One of them is in our apple brandy. We didn't mention this, but... The orchard's terrific, but why the orchard we think is unique is because we have over 120 varieties of apples. It's crazy. And they're mostly European and American cider apples. A few are apples you might have heard of before, but mostly not. Who can you name some of those? Yeah, like I actually got a whole list on the wall here I, to, uh, to show people. Ma- that. McCoon, Liberty, Jonah Gold. Gold Rush. Gold Rush, never heard of that. Sundance. Never heard of that. What is Porter's that? Perfection. Porter's yeah. Perfection. That's a little tiny, crazy one with really? white spots, and it looks like something you've never seen like before. Ugly, you wouldn't want to eat it. <laughs> Spigold. 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 Suncrisp. Heard of that? Heard of that? And th- th- Sansa? Sansa. Those are just our biggest. Uh, the the, the top, most common. Most the ones we have the Correct. most of. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. damn, we have lots of French. Um, and so frequent rouge up there. Frequent. Yeah. Frequent yeah. rouge. Mm-hmm. How did French? You might guess Hudson's Golden Gem. Mateus Raspberry. What was that? Or Roxbury? Roxbury. 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 A lot of russeted varieties out there. How did you um, choose? How did you choose the to, what to bring in research? Research okay. spreadsheets and, and availability to some extent. <laughs> and spreadsheet. Yeah. So <laughs> so now you've added a whole nother variable. So <laughs> which is you're not adding. It's not. One type of apple that you're turning into cider. Exactly. You 120 types yeah. of apple. <laughs> so you, does everything go into a big, and or is or there is a, it, is a recipe? Okay. So is it like one of those? There's too many variables here. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 it's that's complex. It should almost be viewed as a vintage. Uh, everything that's produced yep. in one year goes into large tanks. Not one large tank, but say we we use a lot of the. Um, those uh, 230 gallon cubes. Yep. A lot of you know, places use them. Um, so it's in 230 gallon batches. And then by the time we run all that through the still and reduce it down, so it's three stripping runs of 200. Three stripping runs. Of 225 gallons of cider each oh. stripping run to do one finishing run. And then that finishing run gets barreled. And then the barrels get mixed together at the end to blend to make your final batch. So by the end of it, yes. Everything goes into one wow. big pot, wow. ha, but not initially. We, right. you know. But we also skipped a step. I want to emphasize there are two things that I think are special. Not just the apples, but then because we have so many varieties, we harvest them from end of August through Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. Because they all mature at different times. Yeah. We concluded we ought to let the apples tell us when they're ready, not the typical way you harvest apples, which is at a date certain you just yeah, right. harvest the whole thing. Yeah. So we're out in the orchard walking it every day, picking apples, and the apples tell you when they're ready because all of a sudden you see in the ground a whole bunch of apples yeah, of right. a particular variety. And ready? Pick it. We're yeah, ready. That's it. That's we're ready it. to go. But think what's happening because that means you're getting the maximum flavor in that apple before it says I'm done. So I think that makes a big difference. And then the other thing I think makes a big difference is 
I read in, um, there's a great book called Calvados. It's about, you know, three inches thick, and mm. it's about all these French um, makers of Calvados. And they said what they do is they don't do what everybody in the U.S. does. They don't ferment it, pitch yeast, commercial yeast at it. They let it sit in, in containers naturally till the following summer. To create that uh, almost like a cold ship, kind of just letting w- just whatever natural yeast, yeast is in the air. Spontaneous exactly. fermentation. Yeah. You got it. That's cool. Yeah. So wow. All, all that juice you saw in yeah. there is juice from this last fall's harvest. Right. And it'll sit there until, what do you think, June? May or June. May or June. And are you not pitching yeast? You are using... No. Nothing went in. So we literally really? just fill those tanks, put an airlock on top, and walk oh. away from them for four to six months. So now we've added another variable. <laughs> exactly right. Ter- terroir and, yeah. and yeah. yeast terroir. So yeah. you've got... So every year, excitingly, it, it really is a vintage. You're going to get right. <laughs> yeah. distinctly different... Well, maybe not distinctly. But somewhat. Yeah. But yeah. somewhat. Some variability. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's really cool. Same recipe, but different tastes. It is cool because some apples yeah. get better year yeah. to year. Yeah. I mean, one, one of my favorite apples is was one of my least favorite apples. It's called Hudson Golden Gem. Mm-hmm. First few years, it was a little round, about the size of a uh, ping pong ball. Yeah, a ping pong yeah. ball and ugly. Okay. But then two years later, they turned into these gorgeous, about the size of softballs, a little harder, a lar- larger than a hardball. Mm. Beat- and golden, like the name suggests, oh. and the juice, and it's kind of a bittersweet apple, but it was just gorgeous. But that's clearly a difference in taste from one yep. year to the next couple of years. Right, right. And so, will climate change the taste of the apple? Like, we had, we had a really dry winter, um, so is that yeah. going to change the next harvest? Yeah, I mean, rainfall, you know, other environmental factors, all of the temperatures, freezes, thaws, that kind of stuff. It all goes into it, and yeah. not just taste, but also quantity. You know mm. how well you're able to produce. You know, oh yeah, quantity is a good example. So yeah. we have fortunately had the, the quantity we produce from the orchard go up every year significantly until last year. Really? Yeah, tough, well, tough why year did last it? Year. Why was it such a bad year? Because we don't know, but we think it's because we had so much rain. Wet yep. spring. You could walk out into the orchard and you could see apple blossoms floating down like wow. a river. Wow. And they were knocking the blossoms off. Well, that's what makes you apples. Yeah, right. So we lost a lot of apples to that rain. That's going to happen. You know? and, I, and I know a few years ago, we had a late freeze yep. that killed a, a lot of that. Now, can you guys, on in those years where it might be difficult to, to achieve the quantity of... of can you supplement? We don't. We don't like to because we, right. like, to, we yeah. like to. Because say, that's everything you are. Yeah. We've right. never purchased any other apples or right. other juice. Gotcha. Yeah. We have received some nice donations from a neighbor nearby. That's the only apples awesome. we've ever used that are not. On yours. That's great. Right. Um, that's awesome. But ten minutes up the street. That's great. You yeah. know, um, and 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 they're 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 good people, and they have an excess crop, um, and. Luckily, they also they have a lot of varieties, and I say, oh, I don't really want your galas. How about those Esipus Spitzenbergs? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a bushel of blah 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 for a for bushel. Your pink. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you just that's have to cool. trade. A, you just have to trade a bottle. That's You're right. right, right, right. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's all the now, this is something, or should we try? Should we? I'm I'm kind of getting thirsty. I think this is okay. a, a good. Is it noon? We we have it is, it is. Uh, here oh, on yeah, the East Coast. It is twelve forty six. <laughs> We're in must, good shape. Must be time. <laughs> Cheers. In England, it's like 546. <laughs> so, so we're trying. What is this? So this is the apple brandy. This is the, apple brandy. Mm. Thank you. This is the signature. 
Andrew, you on taste? No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. I, I, he doesn't. When I when I do tastings, I, I I taste enough during the I'm, course of the work cheers. week to. Uh, I'm gonna taste. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, the only mobile podcast on the planet. So you can get the apples in the nose. I, I get straight off the bat. Absolute sweet apple, um, but not a um, not a commercial kind of cider. Right. Yeah, right. I don't get like a commercial like going to the store and buying five right, gallons right, or right. a gallon of cider. The cinnamon. I definitely get oak. Yes. And we put um, we we do a little more oak in our brandy, and that's something that once again the Europeans would probably frown upon, but we're. Making an American brandy. Absolutely. And yeah. so, you know. This is gorgeous on the nose. I, I, I think also I get um, almost like a baked kind of sense to it. You know? I get a, yeah, I get a, a butterscotchy baked apple, but I don't get a, I don't, a whole lot of, like, I don't get the cinnamon or that kind of baking spice, but maybe it's on the flavor. Right, right, right. Maybe not the spice so much, but just that, like. Apple pie, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just on the in the, in the nose. It's like the taste isn't like that at all. If, if oh, you, that is exquisite. <laughs> it's like com- it's like it's comfy. Oh, <laughs> that is like, you know, we were talking about Highland single malts, right? I in this gives me the same initial pleasure of a Highland single malt. So glad to hear it's it awesome. is. That's what we were shooting. It for. is very good. Perfectly balanced. Yeah. And you get the smooth yeah. aftertaste as it yeah. goes. It it's just, got a. It's the got aftertaste a little, is totally different than the sip taste. It's yeah, the nose mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah. Uh, it's well balanced. The, there's yeah, the oak on it tastes like old oak. Tastes like this has been sitting in barrels for you know eight to ten years plus. I think that smooth taste yeah. is something to do with the use Portuguese Madeira barrels. I, I think mean, it just adds a nice little smooth. Yeah. You don't get the burn going down. You get a lot of flavor going with. Excellent. Wow. You get a nice little peppery note kind of towards the finish and yes. kind of, yes. I'd have a nice cigar with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go get another glass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You, so we, it's we, breakfast. we had a fan that reached out to us to come in and he basically told us we had to come here. So yeah, we, right. we fought him tooth and nail on that one. <laughs> and um, he, he just, he. What's his name? Oh. Tell you. Well, he'll probably reach out to us at some point. But wow, you really you knock this out of the park. That wow. is phenomenal. Okay. So glad to hear you say that. Thank that you. tastes like an eight to ten year old. Uh, I would say even eight to twelve year old. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We- and it definitely had that that you've got a perfect amount. If you didn't say Madeira, I, I would never have known. I, I, I couldn't place Madeira, but what I can place is got an old school oak to it. Right. I've I've tasted this. I'm biased, of course, so you take this grain of salt. Yes, you should be. I, or, or a bushel of apples. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, sister gave me a bottle of 25-year-old Calvados mm. for her birthday. And so one night when I was sitting around, nothing to do, I all by myself, I sat down and I sipped some of this side-by-side side with the 25. And it clearly was, the 25 was clearly better. But it wasn't, Different. Left, it wasn't left in the dust, though. Right, right, right. I, right, thought, right. I thought ours was in the same league, league. smoothness. Right. That it was. So to me, that just said, it isn't all about age. It's all of what goes into right. making it. That is absolute. I even get like a chocolatey note. It's, it's just smooth. Yeah. yeah. This is. That's dangerously easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fine brandy that I could drink. So we appreciate that. So now what we ought to do is long we're doing tastings. Okay. 
you ought to try our pomo. So, and I've never heard of pomo before. So in France, okay. um, again, I found this in the uh, the Calvados research I was doing in France. Almost everybody that makes Calvados also makes pomo, because pomo is aged apple brandy or Calvados mm-hmm. mixed with fresh apple juice. So we do everything Andrew described on making our apple brandy. But then after you pick the time of year, four or five months, whenever it's smelling right, tasting right. You cut it with apples. We then mix it with fresh apple juice right. from our, our harvest. Yeah, same, same, same apples. Yeah. Same yeah. apple juice. And then put it into used barrels for another three or four months mm. to let it sit. Oh, Mary. And, yeah. <laughs> and high enough percentage that you're not in, high enough percentage in alcohol that it's... It's pretty much stable. It's yeah. pretty stable. It's pretty stable. You don't have to chill it. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I like to, now when I do tastings now, this is the daughter of the apple brandy, which is the mother. Okay, because you cool. can't make okay. the pomo without, yeah, right. without that your... Um, and I, I, yeah. I would also imagine, imagine this, because you know, French would be like this. Uh, the, the parents would drink the brandy, but you know, give the kids a little... <laughs> give the kids a little... <laughs> They're teething. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, give a little, little whiskey on there. Yeah. The, the other way I do, I always... I was doing a tasting just yesterday um, in Wappingers, and... Um, I like to say this at 17% is a barrel-aged bottled cocktail. Yep, that's a perfect it, way of putting it. It is yeah. really ready to pour out of the bottle. It's 17% right in that right. cocktail-y right. range anyway, um, and it, it just drinks so easy. Now, for people who like straight spirits, can be a little on the sweet side. Okay. Um, that, it's that like dessert. Maybe, yeah. Pre, pre-dinner, yeah. post-dinner. It, it smells sweet. I get, I get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think it's extremely well balanced but here's the other thing if you want it less sweet add a little apple brandy to it right right right, right. interestingly we can almost yeah. guess who's going to want the apple brandy who's going to want the pomo based on what they normally drink right, right. if you get people that drink hard alcohol on a regular basis the apple, brandy. apple brandy every yeah, time totally. if they don't but they kind of want to taste Double. it the usual response we get to pomo is wow oh, yeah I get that. People, and so a, it's our best seller. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wow thing. Yeah. It's refreshing, and I don't think it's too sweet. Not at um, all. It's dessert. You know, the oak kind of helps cut through the sweetness a little bit. I agree. Um, like, if you're not a sweetness person, the oak dries it out a little bit, which is, again, it, it's all about balance. Right. And um, So there's also, um, people ask us, what do you, because they don't know what pamao is, oh, so yeah. they ask us, what do you drink this way? Well, you can drink it like we're doing it now. You can ice it, but... Um, we invented a cocktail that's a killer. Mm. You do two thirds pomo, one third prosecco. You put a couple of drops of grenadine in it to turn it bright apple red. That's fun. Shake it with some ice yeah, and yeah. pour it in a martini glass. And it's, you're good to it's go. It's a killer. Is it? Oh. Yeah, it's a real killer. Oh yeah, that <laughs> I'm that's sure. A cocktail. Yeah. That's a that's a fall harvest. Yeah, you cocktail. need to, you need to copyright that. But you yeah. could even. I mean, I would take this uh, heated up to to just steaming point. Yep. And yeah. uh, you know, oh. add um, some baking spice to it, and uh, oh, that's a great idea. Make like a fall punch kind yeah, of. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But don't don't heat it up because if you get it up too high, you boil off the. It's, it's like it's, <laughs> and you, and the the residual proteins and and you know that are that are in the cider tend to clump out if you heat it up too high. Right. But idea. I would just bring it up to a steam and do have we, it. Do we have to copyright you on that or can we just No, so it? you just can't say you just can't say Delta Delta Airlines. Uh, <laughs> you cannot say what was, what was the other thing? 
I don't know. You can say whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> we are owned. We own 100% of our own content, and we give you on. Oh, you're a lawyer. Oh, ah, damn it. Ah, uh, here Good we go. Good night. We give you full, full go ahead to, to do a heated <laughs> so we got fall there. out. Do whatever you got to do. Cheers to you. All right. <laughs> this is phenomenal. And why? Uh, uh, so, what's the difference between cider and juice? Alcohol. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, is one right. filtered and in, one's not in, filtered? In theory, juice is non-fermented. It's just fresh apple juice. Okay. So in England, apple juice, what you call cider, is apple juice, and what we call cider is your hard cider. Right. Cider is alcoholic. Right. 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 What What I think it's taken on here in the states is really that that. Um, a lot of the cider you buy, not hard cider, is not pasteurized. Maybe it's not as clean as like the one that's actually next to the OJ. Okay, it's something in a jug right. from right, a right, right. From roadside gas stand station, or right. something. Right, right. But everywhere else in the world, cider is alcoholic. Right. And so I've started adapting. You know, that, yeah. that's what I say. Yeah. At this point, cider, but, cider. Right. Well, I, I. That is very good. Thank now, you. what are uh, re, like re, average retail pricing for? We still have to go through the rye, but the Palmo and the apple brandy. 40, 50, 60. 40, Ap- that's apple, nice and easy. Uh, apple brandy's yeah. 50, 40, the Palmo is 50, and we've got to talk about the rye yet. That's 60. Okay. That's worth every penny right now. <laughs> that's soon. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, we're not the cheapest bottle on the shelf, but, you know, there's yeah. a lot going into it. Yeah. We're not there the is an enormous amount going into it. You have to pay for some love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're not the most expensive on the shelf either, but yeah. we also can, as you can tell, we can tell you about the love and the time yeah, totally. and the effort that went into it. You have. Because we're putting, I mean, it's just Absolutely. the two of us, plus yeah. we now have one person that works a couple of days a week, and that's it. That's brilliant. So, wow. Brilliant. So as we move into the rye. That's a know, different ball game, isn't that's it? That's a different ball game. That's a yeah. cereal grain. Totally separate set of equipment, everything. Really? Yeah. Like, according to the, the late, great Dave Pickerel, uh, he is, abs- and, and that whole crew at Hill Rock, Yep. They have started this whole thing of, I don't know if they started it, but rye in New York, uh, rye where it's grown has its each unique terroir depending upon soil, climate, so much so that they think their fields, like one across the street from the other, produces a different flavor. Really? That might, may or may not. Where are they? They're about an hour north of here. And yeah, about an And crown. Yep. And so you guys decided, why rye? It's easy, actually, because... Rye was the prevalent grain in the Northeast for ever until yeah. Prohibition. Yeah, really. H- historically, anything north of Maryland was making rye because um, it was easier to grow. Howdy. Corn didn't grow up here. The only reason we grow corn up here now is because we use lots of chemicals to right. grow corn. <laughs> um, and so historically, it made a, had a lot of historical re- re- uh, relevance, but also... The re- reason people used to grow rye here is because it grows a lot easier. So go. we're not... Expert grain farmers, <laughs> you, just um, you know, we both like a good bourbon and we would have considered that, but growing corn didn't seem like something we wanted to get into. And so that we went the small grain route and really and it makes sense it. for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And, um, and let's face it, we, you can tell we both are pretty freaky about flavors, getting the right kind of flavors. Yeah. Rye creates a whole much more complex, yes. interesting flavor than you get out of corn yeah. and bourbon. 100%. So we wanted to come up with something that's going to create a really unique flavor and we also both love to drink rye. And so we said, there are a lot of great ryes out there, don't get right. me wrong, but we happen it's to like rye where you can right. you can 
smell right. that you're getting rye right. and you can taste that you're getting right. rye. And lots of the ones that are out there in the marketplace today, I think they distill that out. So it gets to be more of a neutral spirit and could be rye, could be bourbon. Yeah, it seems very diverse. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So we want to spice it with yeah. the, with what rye really has. Right, right, right. And I, I found that rye in the Northeast is very different Bang. from rye you know, done rye whiskeys done down south, done out west, um, and with the d- distilling movement and craft drinkers and consumers, especially in Greater New York State, that that seems to be known. Is rye very American? Yeah. The Canadians grow a ton of it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's all. All Canadian whiskey is yeah. rye whiskey. Because yeah. the yeah. rye is hardy. It can grow yeah. in the right. northern climate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Now, is it hard to get? I've I've heard it's hard to get rye to get the actual grain itself to get thick enough to actually have enough to harvest uh, fermentable sugars. Is hmm. that true, or do you just basically plant it, let it go? We plant it and let it go. I mean, okay. that's for sure. Um, you know, we do very little additives, and right. working the soil has been an ongoing. We don't plow every year; we do sometimes, but um, you get a lot less sugar out of grain, uh, rye grain, I should say, versus it's corn. Just, yeah, I've done mashes with uh, heavier proportions of corn that we've purchased, or malt barley, or other things, and yeah, my starting sugars are significantly higher than when I run the rye. So, we're making less alcohol, working harder, same amount of grain. Yep, you know, but getting less out of it. Right. But the flavor is there. Right. Um, and that's just the reality of working with rye. Right. But it's also, also back to, I love your constant use of the word terroir, because you can buy rye. Lots of people make rye whiskey by buying the rye, but you don't know where that rye comes from. And right. then you don't know whether you've got a unique flavor on it. We know where it comes from, and back, we know yeah. what the flavor <laughs> is. Right, right. Wait, <laughs> it's, we're literally, <laughs> literally looking at it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's green already. Yeah, it's March. Uh, what is it? March. What's uh, the date today? March 12th. 14th. March 14th, and we're looking outside right now at the rye coming up. It's distinctly green. And you can see the individual rows of rye kind of coming But this up. must be early for you guys, right? Yeah. It's not usually coming up this early? No, uh, well, it, it might be a little a bit early weeks. this year, but I, right. believe it or not, it stays pretty green throughout the winter. Really? And it, 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 it's like garlic. If you get a, a view from the road up there, yeah. this is this field always looks different than everything else around yeah. it. You know? The only time it looks brown is when there are the large herds of deer out there helping them. <laughs> <laughs> do they, oh, how's you do with they, that? they impact quite a bit, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they love it. They totally love They're it. They're out there yeah. every night. That's yeah. deer candy. Yeah. <laughs> it right. is, yeah. That makes for a tastier but, deer. But that's part of part of the whole <laughs> thing. It's another podcast right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, let's yeah. talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's part of the, the whole thing about growing your own stuff. It'd be a lot easier. You don't have to have all the equipment we keep finding we have to buy right. to, to do what we're doing. Right. But you also control what you're doing. You know what the taste is going to be. You know um, what's going into it, right? You know what's going to be into it. And yeah. we, we like to be able to say that everything that goes into our spirits, we, we grew ourselves with exception exception of interest to describe it. We have to add some stuff to our rye to get the taste we want. And, right. and, and, and it helps to add some sugar, too. Right, right. Um, yeah. So we had a little we, bit. We, we never wanted to do a 100% rye, though. I right. mean, I know they're out there. And Are they? God bless them, but that was yeah. never our goal. So we yep. had, we yeah. had some corn and we had some malted barley. Both New York State, uh, right. but they're all New York yeah. State, Great. locally right. grown. Yeah. And then the other thing that we do that's pretty unique, and I'll let Andrew describe it, is the, the French told us you can't grow. I mean, you can't make rye whiskey in that still. 
it's just you can't do that. It's gas fired. It's the old lembic kind of still. Let and if you and if, you and if you mash rye, it it's like matzo ball soup. It clumps up. It's exactly a, right. it's a soup. That's what that's one yeah. of the reasons why rye whiskey is typically more expensive than than bourbon because it's such a pain in the ass to distill. Really. Exactly right. And you had to put an so auger in. Describe your... Uh, or not an auger, a, uh, a agitator. Mix, we call it a mix master. Yeah, it's a mix big master. <laughs> it's, it's actually just... A ninja. Like, it's a pr- propeller. It looks yeah. like a, a boat propeller, like, you know, six inches or something. Um, But yeah, the French guys were... we They added on that, that propeller for us, which was critical. Without that, we couldn't have done it at all. And then the other thing is, um, when I'm done running a stripping run of rye, so again, we do, uh, we we ferment grain in and we distill grain in. So that mash never gets laudered like a beer. It never becomes a liquid. It is a thick, porridgey, soupy mess. Um, Using the spray ball that's inside the still, I can clean it out, you know, a little bit. If I run brandy, I run the spray ball. I don't even have to open the still. It gets cleaned out, next batch, ready to go. I have to wait for it to cool overnight because the thing's extremely hot. Come in the next morning, take the top off the still, climb halfway in there, and using a plastic shovel, <laughs> scoop out anywhere from four to ten gallons of, of this you know, dense, thick rye that, that sat on the bottom. Then I have to clean the whole bottom because I don't fully scorch it anymore. I burnt some batches, but now it just... Sometimes it sticks a little to the yeah, bottom, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I got to go in with the brush and get that out, and then and then I'm ready to go do the next run. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> life is a. <laughs> and they don't make that top easy to take off. No. it's not meant to come no. off regularly. And it's again, not like we have a manhole or something that we can go in. It's like. And, um, and again, the French are probably like, eh, "We told you so." <laughs> <laughs> Look at the mess you made. They, they may be laughing. That was more German, mate. <laughs> but, but Andrew also said an important point. Even though it took him a while, because he's the master of figuring this out, <laughs> how to not burn it. Yeah. Once he figured that out, we're cooking it with the grain in it. We distill it with. The, I mean, uh, we ferment it with the grain in it. We distill it with the grain in it, and. We're going to give you a taste now, and I think you're going to know why we do all that, because you're going to know this is rye. Bring it on. All right, here we go. And this is aged a couple years or a year? This this only has a 12-month age statement. That has got some beautiful color. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you know, 12 months is a young whiskey. I, you know, drinking a fair amount of bourbon and rye, really like where they get around three or four years old. I think maybe they peak around seven or eight, depending, you know, um... I don't think American whiskeys get that much better after eight years old, personally. I don't see why you need to go buy a 21-year-old bottle of bourbon. Um, so a 12-month statement means it's, it's at least 12 months. Yeah, so rye has more specific rules as far as um, age statements than okay. brandy does. Brandy, if it's in any kind of barrel for any amount of time, you can count that towards the age statement. So the Madeira barrels that we put the brandy into, oh. that counts towards the aging. The rye, it only counts for the amount of time it's a new charred American oak, a never-before-filled barrel of American charred oak. Once we take it out of there, and we do a wine finish on this too, we mm. actually use port barrels on this one, um, Those any time in a port barrel does not count towards the age of the rye whiskey. But because the to- total time of this is going to be about a year and a half, roughly. When right. you add yeah, the yeah. when you add the, right. Right. the wine barrel treatment. Mm. But we have... The next, so this was batch number two, and I forget exactly how many cases we did, but it was limited bottling. It was probably 40, 50 cases. Um, we're going to be doing batch number three later this year. It's going to have at least a 24-month age statement on it. Okay. And that'll, inc- yeah. Uh, It'll just increase because yeah, yeah. we're leaving way more stuff down than right. we are taking yep. out the right. bottle. Yep. Um, I mean, if we 
sold out of everything tomorrow, yeah, I'd probably pull a full mo- few more barrels. But you'd be happy, man. You know. Now <laughs> this is a really interesting. So I, I definitely get a rye. I, I get a New York rye nose on it. Do you? But, and I don't know if it's psychosomatic, but like when you go to when you go to Scotland and you go to uh, uh, there's a famous distillery out there called uh, Brooklodic, mm-hmm. right? They're heavily peated, typically. Scotches, they yeah. do an unpeated scotch. But when you have it, it's obviously peated because it's being made in a distillery uh, that is that just everything's covered in smoke. Yeah, right. So when I, when I smell this and I nose it, I get, I get apple brandy. A little bit of residual apple brandy on the nose. Really? It's quite possible. Yeah. That's interesting. And I don't know if it's psychosomatic that we just had the pomo and the brandy. Now, <laughs> it's totally sitting I just get that on the nose. I don't know what's going to happen on the... Did you try it yet, Rich? Yeah, very good. I'm not a big fan of rice, but it's not rye rye. But it's, but it's grain. We, we want you to know that the grain is there. Definitely. So you get, that, you get that solid punch of oak. Yep. And that wonderfully, slightly medicinal note that you sometimes get from rye that can, but then it 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 kind of finishes into a little bit of sweetness. It's smooth. I think and I would cool. probably credit the port. I think the for port. some of that. Yeah. Um, you know, a one year old spirit can be a little tight. You know, um, it can it can be a little, you know, uh, 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 harsh sometimes. This doesn't drink very harsh. I don't no, know. at all. Yeah. Well, no, like almost like a coffee, like a yeah, man. Uh, like a, a coffee bean note on the finish. A roasted coffee bean. This would make a phenomenal Manhattan. Oh, yes. oh yeah, we've yeah. experimented. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not because we want to. It's oh, part of, of our job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we have to. Oh, <laughs> you know that the brandy actually is a great um, cocktail uh, uh, sure. spirit as well. Um, if you're into that, yeah, that is a phenomenal rye. Thank that you. that is nice. going to change significantly. I think when we get that two three year product, same yeah. stuff, but a few years older, I think it's really going to turn out nice. Now it's great now, yeah, but uh, but it's going to get better. And actually, you you would love the taste of it even more if you put an ice cube or two in it yep. and just get that water. Somehow, water just seems to blow it up and yep. get the flavor coming out right, of right, it. Right. And I I love to drink it on the rocks because I think it just really opens it up. Yeah, right. yeah. That's and, cool. But I, I'm perfectly happy drinking it like this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm this. Uh, there's <laughs> it's a, no problem. There's a slight spring chill on it. And yeah, it's yeah. just like, and it's also just, it's, it's very, like, there's so many distilleries in New York State and everyone's doing so many different things. But yeah. it's, it, it is wonderful to, and there's some great uh, farmers that are growing rye and we're seeing malt houses open up. Yep. And, but it is really cool to drink something. It's nice to see. Something that's coming from one place. Exactly. Right? So it's you, grassroots. You mentioned earlier that part of this area has become, since we've been here since 1980, mm. we've watched it explode with other people doing other things that they're making. Technically, this little valley we're in is, is called Clove Valley, the north part of Clove Valley, which is part of the Harlem Valley. Which is right. kind of part which, of the Hudson Valley. Part right. of the Hudson <laughs> Valley. But there's, I'll let Andrew talk about the Harlem Valley group that where you mentioned earlier. Right, right, right. But there was none of that back in 1980, and now it's exploding. I personally attribute it to the Culinary Institute of America, which is in Hyde Park, as that. you know, um, because now all these people are interested in how do you grow things, how do you make things, not how do you buy things. Right. People want, and this comes up on our podcast 
all the time and, and something that we promote and people want to know the background on their ingredients. And I don't know if that's the Food, age, drink, anything. Like, tell me the backstory. And, you know, in the, in the age of Google, you know, you can mm-hmm. find that out. And pe- consumers want to be, they want to know what they're consuming and w- where it came from. As they should. Right. 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 It's also just makes for a richer uh, way to live. Right. You know? So, so tell them, about, yeah, so the, tell us, tell them we, about the Harlem Valley group. Well, you know, we... We, even before the, the Harlem Valley Food and Farm Alliance came along, um, we just had a direct relationship with our, our neighbor across the street. He raises Angus Cattle. JS, beef JSK. Pro- beef production, JSK uh, Cattle Company. Um, and so a lot of distilleries worry about what to do with their leftovers. When you're done cooking your whiskey, you're left with this stuff called stillage. It's all that porridgey, mashy stuff I talked about, but it's even a little bit grosser now because it's been cooked and it's funky and... Weird. We also, when you're pressing apples, every day we're creating pounds and pounds and pounds yeah, of sure. apple scraps. Yeah. You know, the stuff that the juice has been removed. So the Cheers. first relationship we had was right across the street. And then we, you know, I said, Jason, did, would the cows like this stuff? You know, and he said, yeah, we'll, we give it a, we'll give it a try. Yeah, yeah. And so all of our spent apple uh, pressings and all of our spent whiskey mash uh, just go straight across the street, and the cows Love freak out for it. Um, and I get to, <laughs> and then I get to serve steaks when people come and visit me, yeah, and brilliant. say, "Guess what? This was finished on shady no apples." Uh, That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. That's what so. it's all about. Um, so Those cows have bars twenty four seven. Well, most of the alcohol is removed yeah, by then, but but you but know, give them a little. Tell, um, me, tell me other ones that other. So, so no, right. So so that was the first relationship, and then it was really uh, Heather Kading from JSK yep. who um, got involved in this other group that really formed about a year, year and a half ago. It includes, I believe, four or five other farms. We have uh, maple syrup people. We have people who raise goats and make. Uh, some really great goat cheeses. We have a place that does seasonal veggies and a lot of other stuff. There's a really great raw milk place over on 22 in Dover, Brookby Farm. We've stopped by there. We've we've stopped by there. They're they're part of the group. Um, And so, you know, it's become this loose-knit thing. A lot of times we just, we get together once a month uh, for a meeting um, where, you know, (laughs) where we bring (laughs) Walter (laughs) Cheers to that meeting. This is a very important group. Uh, I'll be there next week. Shady knows. We just, uh, Shady knows they're not going to be here. They're really. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) Um, But it's all younger, uh, younger Mostly couples, but you know, younger families who have decided to try a go at agricultural awesome. living, living again. Awesome. And some of these farms that were passed down from older generations, and yeah. others are new, new startups. Um, but we're all in our thirties, and you know, we all get along. And oh, we're um, too old. Yeah, we're yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in my thirties. <laughs> and <laughs> you're not there yet. <laughs> so we have at the end of the month, um, we have a weekend coming up. The spring farm days. We do two weekends: one, one in the spring, one in the fall where uh, each farm puts on a little, you know, that you get all your stuff out. And sometimes we'll, like, we didn't have this tasting room set up until last year, so I would always go over to JSK and pour at their event. Um, But, you know, you you get a little stamp card, and if you go to the four or five different places that are open, you get a free something or other. That's cool. We we, We are so there. We are so there. (laughs) We... (laughs) We had had this wonderful podcast with uh, Wallbridge Farms last weekend, and it, it we weren't able to f- for a couple. Of, we weren't able to actually get 
meet until this weekend and we were just driving on the way up here and we pull into the beef farm got our beef and uh they mentioned they're like oh yeah shady knows yeah we we feed our cows on there like it was it was cool to <laughs> it was see really cool. that it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very cool to yeah, see that yeah, and yeah. and um and to see other farms getting together almost as a mm-hmm. collective to help support and that's what it's all if, about. If people are coming out to this area, you know, we're, we're not isolated out here, but we're a little further away from some yeah. things. Um, you know, if someone's going to come to one of our places, it's so easy to send them along down the road. Yeah. So to come together, now there's a map, now there's a website, now we can kind of say, hey, you should go check out these other yeah. places. And I would definitely say Souk Up Farm, their maple syrup. Um, we have a yeah. really huge produ- maple syrup producer in this yeah. area that I won't even mention. We, we won't mention. <laughs> Commercial. But go to Sukup. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to Sukup. We'll go to Sukup. Yeah. And maybe one day we'll do one of those uh, syrup barrel rye exchange situations. Yeah. I don't you know. It's in the works. That's cool. <laughs> How do people uh, buy your products? Well, we sell directly here at the tasting room. That's always our best sale. Um, uh, it's open when? We actually haven't posted regular hours. Okay. Uh, part of the reason for that is even after we finished construction of this building last May, okay. it took until a month ago to get the septic approved. Oh, wow. So we didn't have a functioning bathroom and therefore we didn't have a CO right, right, right. and we couldn't officially. Now, were we doing a few tours here and there? Sure. But, you know, we weren't open. Okay. Um, now we're officially open and it's not the best time of year necessarily. So we might start posting some hours this summer and yep. the fall. But right now, focus on a few weekends to be open and then it's by appointment. So right. you email me or you call me or email Rick or go on the website and we... I live five minutes away. You know, I usually don't turn down a tasting. Yeah, um, and it's a go- there's a it's a gorgeous property. So I'm really assuming is, yeah. like come up here, yeah. stop at a couple of these farms, pick right. up some cheese, pick up some meat, yeah, pick up some, and picnic and exactly. have so, and have some drinks. I will say, yeah. summer and fall are the best times yeah. to see it. But it's fall with the apples, obviously. Yeah. Um, people love to visit, and and that's why we like by the appointment because then we can fit it to people's schedules. Right. Just hit our website, and it'll tell you where where to send the email and click on it. And then we're pretty accommodating and making sure we can get, we love to show people around. It's fun. Well, that's very apparent. But but we also have it in, in retail establishments. um, Locally, mostly locally. Village wine in, in Millbrook was our very first and still, still our our best seller. seller. But they're also in, Arlington, Arlington and, and Poughkeepsie, uh, Viscount or Viscount in and Wappingers, and Arlington does uh, shipping as well. Uh, so does Mil- so in, in state, so does Vill- in state, in state. So yeah. does Village Wine, um, and we're in, I think the distributors got us in like nineteen other locations so far. Oh, we're in Buffalo. And, Oh, there you I go. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that's, the, that's the business. You're in Dallas. And I'm, so we, we, yeah, I'm proud de- to say as of um, December, the week before Christmas, we got into Dallas in the two, two great locations, Pogo's awesome. and Dallas Fine Wine and Spirits. And they sold out everything they bought twice oh, over, over. that. Yeah, it was just awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And we're, cool. next week or the week after, something like that, we're going to be in California for the first time. Wow. But to continue our family deal, the um, we found a uh, online distributor that basically doesn't distribute. They provide the legal license, but then you have to find a way to contact the retailers. So uh, my, uh, let's see, I guess my nephew and niece are... Out in L.A. And they live in L.A. They are so excited about this that they're going to go out and start saying, hey, we, we've been to the farm before, we love this whole deal, and, and you guys ought to try our spirits. That's great. That's so, what it's all about. And then the, the next one will be Florida. My sister lives in Orlando, and she's all excited about going and 
trying to bring, bring it in. Bring yeah. it in. Yeah. That's great. That's what it's all about. It's everyone help, helping out. Absolutely. Well, we with Food and Beverage Magazine, we actually have a we have something called the Proof Awards, which we go out to every year over four days and taste an enormous amount of booze. It must be uh, tough. It's it tough. is. <laughs> it's tough. Um, Actually, is. <laughs> but the winners are guaranteed um, distribution. Wow. So uh, in in will, Nevada, so we will we will forward that information on to you. Definitely. Yeah. Wow, that would be awesome. We're picking yeah. and we're picking and choosing our best opportunities. Yeah. Then, you know. San Francisco. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Really tough. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Delta. Yeah. I, I think the these products will hold up. Yeah, they go anywhere. Yeah, they are they are phenomenal. Shape. They are absolutely phenomenal We've, products. We, we submitted them to one competition. It's a ADI, the American Distilling yep. Institute's annual competition, and we like them because it's all craft producers. And it's real. And it's real. actual real tasting. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and all three spirits meddled in yep. our first try. And this was, this was before I had done any major bottling. I literally just was pulling stuff from barrels, proofing <laughs> it in a, in a beaker <laughs> and hand-filling bottles. And that's what we submitted. That's how it goes. Know, <laughs> <your best stuff. laughs> well, all the products come off as if they have been manufactured for years. Uh, you know, you guys have really Even knocked it shake. out of the park. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Really. Thanks for having us. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having us up here. Uh, make sure you look uh, Shady Knolls up. Uh, they're easy to find on the web. Just Shady Knoll Distillery dot com. Shady Knoll Distillery. Yeah. So, so make sure you. And if you're in the Hudson Valley, come up and uh, check them out. Have them a, have a visit. Bring some. Bring a picnic. And when's the uh, weekend event? I want to say it's March 26th, 27th. Okay. Um, you know, unfortunately, with some of the stuff in the world right now, yeah. we're kind of deciding how to proceed, but okay. we're, we're still on right now. Right. Yeah. So. We managed to make it through the entire podcast without saying the C word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rick and I aren't as concerned as a lot of people out there, and maybe because we're isolated here right. on this farm, right. but, right. you know. Right. And, you, and, you, and you obviously have everything this you This whiskey need. will kill anything <laughs> that you might that, that's be our, exposed our to. Our view is if you drink enough of it, who cares? Okay. There you go. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thanks for joining us and uh we'll see, we'll see you at the next one cheers thank thanks you very much thanks for stopping by and listening in check us out as well as other great podcasts at food and beverage magazines podcast network be sure to follow us on instagram facebook and youtube and remember to eat imbibe and dream see you next show